listening to the Taming Crazy podcast with Alicia, Deb, and Sue, where each week we'll share our views from the middle. We're talking the ups, the downs, and everything in between of being a midlife woman in today's world. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. I'm Alicia, and I'm here with Deb and Sue. Hi, girls. Hi. Hi. So when we first started this podcast, we had a fairly simple mandate. We wanted it to be informative because we felt that the information we were learning was important to share. We wanted it to be completely honest. And last but not least, we wanted it to be fun, not only for us, but for everyone who was listening. I think we've stuck to that mandate, even though we sometimes chat about some difficult subjects. We know that if we stay true to what we set out to do, it will be of some benefit. The hard part about being completely honest is that it comes with a great deal of vulnerability, which is never easy. And it's something the three of us have had to learn how to do. We're opening up about things that can be uncomfortable and it would be disingenuous if we didn't. So we'll continue to discuss topics with authenticity and honesty. Having said that, we thought we'd take this opportunity to work on our own vulnerability and share some things that might give you a better insight into who we really are. Currently, you know us as Alicia, Deb, and Sue, but what you might not know is that Deb is my sister, and Sue is someone I met on Twitter and have grown to love as a sister. Aww. <laughs> if, I'm going to cry. If you, <laughs> you're not supposed to cry. Um, so if you've listened to a few of the past episodes, you probably know that some of us, also known as me and Sue, really don't like small talk and superficial questions. So we're going to go a little deeper today. Sorry, Deb. Um, maybe <laughs> deeper than we'd like. We've each been given 10 questions, and we hope that the answers will give you a chance to get to know us a little bit better. Now, this may go terribly wrong. I'm hoping we'll still be laughing at the end of it. Are you ready, girls? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the enthusiasm we're looking for. (laughs) Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So number one, what is one thing you've done in the last five years that you're proud of? I think it's probably getting my master's. I waited a very long time to do it. Did it in psychology, which is what I wanted to do when I was growing up and was talked out of it. Yeah, so I think it would be getting my master's and kind of trying to figure out where I'm going to go with that. And if it wasn't for my master's, then I wouldn't be doing this. That's how we met. Mm. Deb, what about you? What's What have you done in the last five years that you're proud of? Well, for me, it was participating in a marathon because it's something I've always wanted to do. And I ran in a marathon and I completed it. And that's really all I wanted to accomplish. For me, it, it was awesome. And to this podcast, because it's completely something I would never, ever think I would do. <laughs> way out of my comfort zone every week. <laughs> I'm yeah. proud of myself. And we're proud yes. of you too. Thank you. <laughs> we are, Deb. We know, we know how far this is out of your comfort. So we are proud of you for that. Thank you. So for me, I think if I had to pick just one thing, it would be writing my book because publishing that book was the hardest and most terrifying thing I have ever done. It was like pouring out everything I'd always kept hidden away and I held it out for the world to see and 
for somebody that's always put up a lot of walls, it was something that I never thought I would be brave enough to do. So Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that I'm really proud of. Yeah. Number two, what quality do you possess that can often be misunderstood or be frustrating? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I have lots, I think. Um, (laughs) I I think they're qualities, but other people may disagree. I have a tendency to be very relaxed around timelines because I know that I work very well when I have a timeline and I'm going to meet whatever that deadline is. Always better if someone else imposes the deadline for me because that way I'm guaranteed to stick to it. But they just don't make me panic. Or when I first get it, I might go, oh my God, that's really soon. But I just get my head down and and do it and finish the work. You know, it just doesn't stress me out like it does for some people. So you're better under under pressure. Yeah, yeah. Always have been. What else, Sue? I know there's something else there. (laughs) 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 I can be quite honest sometimes, and apparently it just comes across as being blunt, but it's not. It's it's just I'm, I'm being honest and I don't like to go all around the houses to say things because ain't nobody got time for that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be mis- misunderstood a lot of times. Yeah. Okay, Deb. <laughs> for me, it's an annoyance and it's an annoyance especially for you, I know. <laughs> because something I do... And I do it all the time. And I've tried working on changing this, but it's just not working. When I can't or I don't want to deal with somebody or something, I can completely shut myself down. Like, oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's something I I don't know. I deal with everything that way that I don't want to face. And I kind of think it's a quality because I'm really good at it. So you kind of shut down until it's like, no, I've got to do something about it now. Or is it kind of that shutting down so you can kind of process it before you do it? I think I shut down to process it, but I just, I hope it goes away. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I have to interject. (laughs) You shut down emotionally and then you're hoping you put your head in the sand. You shut, no, no, I'll take this back. Okay. First of all. She does, Turtle. She says all the things that she's going to do and say, but when it comes down to it, you can look at her face and there's nothing there. (laughs) And I know she's gone. (laughs) You know, it can be a quality of mine, but Um, maybe not so much for my other people around me. That's why the question is, what quality do you think you possess that's often misunderstood or frustrating? That's right. I would say that's a frustration right, yeah. for you. I did un- underline the frustration. In this <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for me, I'm not sure if this is a quality or not, but I, <laughs> I'm sure you'll judge me on it. But I know that my constant ideas can be really frustrating for other people, especially for my husband. He always says that the scariest sentence that he hears is, you know what I was thinking? Because he knows, (laughs) 
it's going to be this massive idea that he's going to have to do something. And I get tons of ideas all the time and it's really exhausting for other people. And I really get that, especially because I'm not very good at following through on any of them. So <laughs> the fact that I have this idea for the podcast and we're following through is like a big step. Yes. Yeah. So I think having ideas is a big quality, but I get that it's frustrating for other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so number three, what's one thing you've learned that you wish you'd learned sooner? That when you're being bullied, it's never about you. It's about the bully. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Way too long to learn that lesson. <laughs> way, yeah. way too long. <laughs> What would you have told your younger self if it's taken you this long to learn? What what was the is the one lesson that you wish you'd learned? You know, I'm not even really sure how I learned it. I have a tendency. This could be another quality thing. I have a tendency to be very stubborn, persistent, mm. tenacious, mm. all of those things that can be reframed as great qualities. Yes, but I I do have a tendency to kind of make the same mistake over and over again. Until I'm like, oh, it's a really dumb idea. And that's how I've done a lot of my, my learning. I, I need to keep doing it over and over again. And I need to be told some things over and over again. And I needed to get a lot of counselling where I was told <laughs> this isn't yeah. about you. Yeah, I think I'd probably go to counselling a lot sooner. Draw all of that. Maybe that's what it, it is. I'd, I'd go to counselling a lot sooner. Do you think that's something that you learn when you're mature enough to learn it, though? Because I don't know much about bullying, but I would imagine when you're being bullied, as a child especially, it's really difficult to understand that it's not you. Mm -hmm. Well, you're spending so much time in self-protection mode that you don't kind of speak up or do anything to make you very visible. And so, yeah, it it probably is something that unfortunately comes with time and having a really good support network around you, because without that, it's very difficult to get stuck to kind of get out of it. And even then, some people can't. So, yeah, it has a huge impact on your your mental health, which has an impact on your physical health. And yeah, yeah, that's a a tough topic. Mm -hmm. Deb, what about Um, you? For me, I think it would be to to just accept myself the way I am or the way I was. You know, I always try to be somebody else or follow in somebody's footsteps. And I think I let people's opinions matter too much, you know. Mm-hmm. So now I really don't care of people's opinions. And I really, that would have been amazing if I thought that back then, you know, and just to accept myself, just something that simple, but so important I think and I think that's something that comes with midlife yeah I was just going like, to say it's the same really thing really strange because that was one thing that came up in my research over and over again right. it was like yeah I, I just I don't care like I don't right. care what people think about me anymore mm-hmm. yeah definitely. isn't that liberating oh. it is it is imagine if that came to you like in your 30s or something like yeah god yeah, yeah. life would have been different it's a good one, though. Like, it is something that I don't know what age it kind of suddenly hits you, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what anybody thinks mm-hmm. anymore. And that's, it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone that hasn't got there yet, it will happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's an automatic rite of passage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yay. <laughs> yeah. What was the question again? What's the one thing you've learned that you wish you'd learn sooner? Okay. 
For me, it would definitely be what I call the T method, the thought, emotion, action. Because Mm -hmm. if I had known years ago that every strong emotion I was feeling needed my attention and that instead of ignoring it or pushing it away, I could identify it and find the thought that created it, I could have saved myself years and years of anxiety. And, you know, after learning that I haven't suffered from anxiety in over three years, just because I deal with that first emotion that shows up so it doesn't have a chance to actually result in anxiety. And that has completely changed my life. So I really wish I'd learned that years ago, because it would have saved me so much time and frustration and heartache and everything else. Mm -hmm. So number four. What topic could you give a 30 minute presentation on without preparation? Parenting. Mm. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Every now and again, I do um, a parenting program with an agency in Calgary and I love doing it. And I talk about parenting to parents. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. half an hour is nothing. an easy question for you you didn't have to dig too deep on that one no I didn't at all which is probably just as well (laughs) (laughs) okay Deb what about you oh for me this was an easy one too it would be working out (laughs) yeah it it would be Yeah. yeah I've learned so much over the last three or four years that just comes easy to me I could you know write a a small program or whatever yep that's what it would be for me Oh, you too. Okay. Um, So for me, that just the thought of actually giving a presentation like fills me with dread. But if I had to do it, I could probably do it on mindfulness. I could probably talk all day actually on that because I think it's something that's totally misunderstood and viewed as just some form of meditation, but it's like really so much more than that. And When I became a certified instructor, I learned so much about mindfulness. So I could talk all day on that. So that's something that I could do a presentation on without any preparation, I think. Yeah. Okay. Number five, what habit do you have that others would be surprised to hear? I'm quite ashamed of this. I bite my nails and if I'm not biting them because I've somehow managed to let them grow, I'm picking at them. It's an anxiety thing and I just, I used to bite my nails as a kid and whenever I'm going through a period of anxiety, my thumbnail on my right hand completely disappears. It's only just coming back. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right, Deb. Well, for this one, (laughs) I found more of your habits than I did of mine. divulge stupid things that I do but (laughs) they're just weird I like warm salad dressing and I don't think I've ever told anybody that but it needs to be warm that's just you mean like warm out of the fridge warm or actually warm like what I do is I take it out of the fridge like around three o'clock and then I have supper at you know six but it needs to be like room temperature salad dressing I can see that with some dressings, actually. Not that weird. I I was trying, and then I have a I have a slight addiction to gum. I thought you were going to say gambling me. then. I was like, oh god! <laughs> no, I'm not there yet. This one was a tough one for me, despite what you said, Deb. Um, <laughs> because I can't think of anything that I actually do that would be surprising. It's a tough question, actually. 
Maybe it's the fact that I take Q-tips out of people's bathrooms. Maybe yeah. that's one of them. That is one that came to my mind. What, <laughs> you, you just remove them or you just use them? No, I... Sc- I, I- <laughs> Well, I kind of borrow them, I guess. And only about four or five of them. And I put them in my pocket. I am just compelled to do it and I can't stop myself. (laughs) And it's it's not like I really use them. Like I stick them in my pocket and they always end up in the wash. But for some reason, I have to take them. And Deb hasn't learned this because when I go into her bathroom, she's always got Q-tips in some kind of little container there. So it's like, it's like a feast for me. It's like, oh, there they are. So I have to take them. But years ago, I used to wonder, like, what happened to them? It took me forever to figure it out. I don't know when I started doing it and I don't know why I do it. If I'm in your bathroom, I will steal your Q-tips. Only if they're out. I won't go into cupboards. So it's best to put them away. Yeah. I think that's the only habit I, and I obsess about locking my vehicle. Mm -hmm. That's the only other thing I do. But I think everybody has that obsession. Well, maybe not to my extent, but. No, it's, it has to honk the horn three times to make sure it's (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I do obsess about that, but. Harmless See, ones, when I'm really. driving my husband's car, I have to do the thing twice because our old car, you knew it was locked because it beeped twice. And so I don't think that his car's locked unless I beep it twice. Mm-hmm. But you do understand, right? Like mine, you lock it. And then if you press it again, it'll beep to say, yes, you've locked it. Yes. But sometimes I think, oh, what if I just pressed it and I actually unlocked it? So then I have to go through the whole thing over again. And then sometimes I have to go back to the parking lot to make sure that I actually did it right the first time. So, yeah. I think you may may actually be my husband's twin. (laughs) (laughs) We could be a mile down the road and it's still beeping. She's checking the lock. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like, how far can I get before it stops? It's like, do I need to walk back because I can't hear it? I I think a lot of people have that. We'll go with Mm -hmm. that anyway. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Number six. Oh, this is a good one. If you could invent a cure for anything, what would it be and why? Okay, so I think that I, I would like to say I did have lots of very grandiose ideas about this, about, you know, I was going to cure everything. Yes. And then I thought, no, I'm going to drill this down to something that's actually meaningful. I would cure migraines. I would make it oh. so that nobody ever got another migraine. I would like that very much, Sue. Bane of my bloody life. So, yeah, I just thought I would cure migraines because I'm sure it would help bring about world peace. I think it would be extremely helpful. And like everything, you know, it kind of works a little bit or it maybe works once every now and again, but nothing really works. So that's it. Yeah, I like that one. Okay, Deb, what are you going to cure and why? Well, I had so many things. I had a tough time with this one too because you want to cure everything and then trying to narrow it down took me in a couple of different directions. And I think like a depression, you know, mental health, especially mm-hmm. with kids, you know, kids. That's um, I mean, a little story is Alicia and I and my sister went to Portland 
one year and we saw this family, this little boy on the street. So, you know, poverty. Mm-hmm. He was just a little guy, like the same age probably as my grandson at the time. And it was just horrendous to see see this family. And we went back the next, well, the first year he was a baby. We went back the next year and that family was still there. And this little boy was on the street. And then we went the third year and they had another baby. This It was horrendous to see and that affected me so much. Mm. So poverty, depression, you know, mental illness, that sort of thing for families, young children. Some oh, it'll be a whole different world. Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to do it too and just kind of narrow it down into something. But it's hard, right? Because mm-hmm. there's just so much you want to do. Yeah. Because there's so many things, if I could create a simple cure for drug and alcohol addiction, mm-hmm. I think that would change so many lives and families. And I was kind of going to go with mental illness as well, because we know, you know, that can often lead to addictions. Mm-hmm. But if I could say just addictions to have some simple cure, and that would be addictions to anything and everything, I think that would save a lot of lives and a lot of families. So I'm going to go with that one. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So number seven, would your 20 year old self be proud of you right now? Why or why not? So I have to say my initial response to this was no. Mm. And then I was like, but hang on a minute, because it, it kind of took some, you know, some desperate thinking back to to being 20. And, you know, I was in my second year at university and still pretty idealistic and this, that and the other. And one thing I always had was I'm never going to work in an office. I'm never going to work in a cubicle. So sorry, 20 year old self, <laughs> let you down on that one. <laughs> um, yeah. That was a bit of a fail. But at the same time, when I was 20, it was very, very strong in me that I didn't want to stay in the UK. I didn't want to bring my kids up there. I didn't want to live there. I wanted to live a a fancy, glamorous life. Um, Yeah, so I moved to Canada and there's nothing fancy or glamorous about it. But so, (laughs) so I think, yeah, I think there'd be a bit of pride there. Yeah. So even at that young, you knew that you were going to emigrate? Yes. It was just because I I studied European studies. Well, actually, modern European cultural studies. So I'm not entirely sure what I thought I was going to do with that. But I just knew that I didn't want to live in the UK. And then when I met Manny on the very first night that we met, we were discussing the fact that we didn't want to live in the UK. Oh, so it was really meant to be. Mm-hmm. interesting oh yeah. yeah so you yeah your 20 yourself would be proud of you for sure you've you've done that yeah I think there'd be some sort of like all right I'll let you have that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but the cubicle thing no I'd never let myself off with that uh, well a lot of times that's out of your control though isn't it mm-hmm. you can't go yeah. in there and demand an office <laughs> <laughs> oh you didn't want to be in an office I don't know where you'd work Sue if you didn't want an office oh. or a cubicle yeah, you see, the 20 year old brain wasn't really thinking. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, Deb, what about your 20 year old self? Oh, boy, a long time ago. But yes, I think in my 20s or being 20, I, I was a lost soul for sure. I think that, um, you know, I fell into a lot of my decisions and choices due to the circumstances and the situation I was in at the time. Mm hmm. 
I feel I was led, you know, my path at that time was led due to those situations. And um, I think now, you know, I feel like more, I have a voice, I have an opinion, I'm stronger and everything that you can, you know, that I would, I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, but back, yeah, I would say when I was 20, I think, you know, where anything, where it landed is where I ended up. It wasn't something that I worked towards or, or it was just the situation at that time, basically. So definitely so, proud, right? Yeah, definitely. I actually got married when I was 20. So Did you? I did. I did. Um, yes, I was a baby. And, <laughs> and you know, when I was 20, I knew everything and absolutely nothing at the same time. So I think my 20 year old self would say that I've done my best. And I think I've come a long way. I, yeah, I think I she'd be proud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 20 is so hard to think back that far, isn't it? Oh, it is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight. This was a good one. I enjoyed this one. <laughs> if, I knew you if, would. <laughs> if you could open a business and money wasn't an issue, what would that business be? Nice was tricky. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I found this really tricky. And I, I think basically it would be in part some of what I'm already doing. And it would be really working to change people's idea of midlife, to lose the negative stereotypes, to say, you're going into this new phase of life, you're going to have your ups, your downs. It's not dissimilar to any other part of your life, apart from it's got a really bad rap. So I think it would kind of partly be doing that and, you know, kind of going out and telling my story and probably doing more research to find out more and asking more people about their experiences and yeah probably something like that mm-hmm. yeah I would like to go global there are some people I would like to have a word with and say you and me need to discuss this midlife crisis thing <laughs> she wants to go toe-to-toe with the big leagues <laughs> I want to take on the media oh no I shouldn't say that just in case someone says oh we'll talk to you <laughs> I want to get rid of the midlife crisis. Yes. Yeah. Yes. As we've talked about that before, we dislike that word so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Deb. Well, for me, it was difficult because I don't have a huge imagination. (laughs) So I was really stuck. (laughs) And I really only have one huge passion. And of course, that's working out. So I... I'd open up a gym and it would be for 40 plus. It would be for the, you know, the middle age and up. And it would be a gym that we'd have, you know, nutrition and stress and wellness and meditation. So I'd be hiring you both. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say sign me up. It sounds perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to do that. I've, I've wanted to do that for a long time, but I also don't have the imagination where you know in that question was if money wasn't an object and I'm thinking my gosh I wouldn't even know where to start if money okay, wasn't an object. that's where I come in and I, I can give you all <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay so this is kind of funny because I mean it was it was a really tough one for me because I want to do all the things um that's a surprise <laughs> Okay, so if money was no object, 
I would like to open a center, a center where anyone is looking for change, like somewhere where people would really want to go and find a peaceful place to learn how to change the way they think and they feel. They could learn how to process emotions, how to change thinking patterns, how to identify the ego. There'd be books and coffee and big, comfy, quiet places to sit and just be in. There'd be mindfulness classes. It'd be inviting. There might be an occasional puppy. It would be like a spa, but without the massages and the seaweed wraps. So more mainstream, more inclusive, a mecca for introverts. And I know that sounds a bit woo-woo, but there wouldn't be any woo-woo. And I know that sounds weird, but really, it's basically the inside of my brain in physical form. Oh, my. You know, I think if the three of us sort of worked together, we could get something going. (laughs) Right? (laughs) All we need is a funder. (laughs) Yeah, it's just that money is right now an issue. So that's all we need to take care of. But I can envision what exactly what it looks like. I down to the pillows on the floor. So anyway, but it would have a wing, Deb, for your health and fitness and nutrition, and then be wing for counseling for midlife. And oh my goodness, can you imagine? Oh, I think we've just created a business. Yeah, We need funding. We need funding right now. If anybody's listening. That question, I was like, oh my gosh, I know right away. It was, that was a fun one. Well, I've got to tell you this because I had a a sudden flashback as we were talking about the 20 year old. So as a 20 year old, I had a very strong love of underwear. And so this kind of (laughs) (laughs) combines seven and eight. Oh, brace yourself for this. And I, (laughs) I wanted to open up my own lingerie store called Slap and Tickle. (laughs) so yeah thank you for that memory it's uh it's been hidden for a long time (laughs) yes that's hilarious but there's no reason why we can't sell knickers out of our center no god we can combine everything really there's nothing we can't do no of course we do need the money still but anyway (laughs) we do need the money (laughs) that was fun as long as it's books and coffee, I'm happy. Big cushions uh, on the floor, you say? Yes, big cushions on the floor. That's why I wanted your husband to build us a yurt zoo. So we I could know, have I cushions need to remind on the him floor. About the yurt. Because when <laughs> yeah. I mentioned it, he just went, oh, okay. And kind of walked off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where are we? Number nine. What zodiac sign are you? And does it describe you accurately? Like I, I said to you girls before I I did actually have to look up to see what my my sign was so I knew I was Sagittarius but I didn't know anything about Sagittarius anywho it's a fire sign and apparently part of it is I have a strong desire for change adaptable and flexible like freedom born to explore on a quest for knowledge no shit bluntness I quote that was a quote and apparently I can have a sharp tongue or Sagittarians can have a sharp tongue, which reminded me of my gran when I was in my teens who told me that my tongue was so sharp I was going to cut myself with it one day. <laughs> so so it's pretty accurate then, is what you're saying. I think yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, quite yeah. surprising, actually. Yeah, excellent. And I'm also okay. really good with a bow and arrow because, you know, it's the archer. Mm. I'm really bad with a bow and arrow. Don't I was ever. just going to say, I can't vision that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch me throw a dart and then give me a bow and arrow. <laughs> okay, Deb, what about you? So mine, mine is Gemini. And I had a look this up as well because I kind of had an idea, but, you know, it was just my own idea. And it, once I looked it up, it changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was like 50-50 because, of course, what comes up is superficial. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it said, so, yeah, 50-50, like superficial, lack of direction adaptable outgoing no bad decision making well I will own up yes <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have made a few of them impulsive versatile so I think maybe a little yes and no but then I looked at like it showed the celebrities and I and they had some really great ones you know Marilyn Monroe Angelina Jolene Johnny Depp and then at the bottom isn't Donald Trump <laughs> brackets right after his name it had sorry <laughs> so, yeah it was an interesting find it's accurate then Deb fairly accurate I don't want to own up to it all but yeah <laughs> I'm not big into astrology at all either so I'm a Scorpio Scorpio is as we know a scorpion and there's a lot of traits that actually do sound like me the passionate about things, secretive, and I can take a secret to the grave, emotional. And one that I found really interesting was I can appear to be cold to people who don't know me. And that's really true. Like I have been called ice queen and some other not so nice words um, <laughs> because I'm just not that warm and fuzzy person. So mm -hmm. that's probably true a good friend. Those are probably correct. But all in all, I would say that it does describe me pretty much. Mm -hmm. oh, that's yeah, okay, I, yeah, nothing too bad. I mean, I think Scorpio's kind of known as that, you know, the, don't turn your back because you're going to get bitten kind of thing. And maybe I used to be more like that. But I think I've kind of mellowed a lot more in my mid age. But maybe I'm an old Scorpio now. <laughs> I've lost my bite. <laughs> Or I've lost my sting a little bit. I don't know. Oh, it just dear. takes longer to find it. <laughs> like, hang on, hang on, I'm getting to you. <laughs> exactly. And maybe my tail's just too heavy to pick up now. I don't know. But anyway, that was kind of funny. Um, so number 10, what excites you about the future? Oh, this was really hard. Really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, it's seeing the potential in my boys you know watching them grow up and you know hearing their plans for the future even though they change every five minutes and you know I, I think there's a new generation that's up and coming and I think they're going to change the world and hopefully for the better and I think that's a really good thing mm. and so yeah that that's that's pretty exciting to think that you know 
they can take everything we've done and hopefully we'll leave things in a, a good enough state for them to be able to do something with. What about for you, though, personally? For me personally? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's a simple question, but it's really hard to answer, isn't it? Yeah, Very like, yeah, I agree. I don't know. I mean, at the moment, it's um, thinking about starting a new job. And that's really about as far as I can think. I'm quite kind of excited for Christmas as well, actually, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. So your future is not very far away then, Susan. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about the next, like... (laughs) Well, it's really funny because Manny is, like, he's very good at kind of forward planning and thinking in the future and everything. And and I'm just not. I'm I'm very much about what's happening right now. And yeah, the future just, it's like, let it take care of itself. I'll kind of figure it out Mm -hmm. when I get there. That's a good thing, too, because it means that you're probably living in the present, right? Well, sometimes, apart from the days when I'm stuck in the past thinking about what it was like when I was 20. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Deb, what about you? You, Um, What excites you about the future? Well, it's hard to excite me that new chapter you know the unknown the freedom or you know no restrictions I, I think there's a lot of just unknown that's kind of excitable just living in a world of I don't know not working <laughs> yeah. you know I'm just enjoying day to day I found it difficult to come up with something you know to say but I think it's just the unknown and the freedom and the a new beginning is what I would look at it as because of the phase that you're in right now, right? Like the midlife phase? Yeah, yeah. It, it is a really hard question to yeah. answer because it seems so easy. But then when you really think about it, I'm really excited about the future, but I have no idea why. Yeah. I have a ton of things that I want to do and I intend to do and everything about that excites me, but I have no plan. So I don't know how I'm going to do it and what that thing is. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I am kind of excited about the future, but I don't know why, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You see, yours is as long term as mine is. (laughs) (laughs) I know I shouldn't have spoken too soon. Yeah. You know what it is? I think you get, as you get older and, you know, there's this freedom. And as you get older too, there's more, maybe more financial freedom and more freedom of your time. And you kind of get to do and make decisions for just yourselves instead of thinking about everybody else all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's Mm -hmm. freedom in that. And that's exciting too. Mm -hmm. But I'm also excited about building something Maybe I'm going to build that center. I don't know. I'm in. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, the, there's two plans. One, we have to win the lottery. Or number yeah. two, we need some very generous benefactors. So we'll have to work on that. Yeah. So any be- generous benefactors that are listening, <laughs> please contact us. <laughs> At your yeah. earliest convenience. <laughs> exactly. Because that's how you find to... them, isn't it? I think so. I think you just ask and they'll come, right? Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> <laughs> worth a try. It, it's always worth a try. And Sue, you're you're pretty good at that. You're a little more extroverted. Yeah. Deb, you are too, really. Well, so... I can be. 
in the right situation. I, yeah, <laughs> I can. You can. You were really good at the small talk, so you will have yeah. to be pushed out first. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I can do like a, a slow following. Okay. <laughs> and then I'll bring up the rear. Okay. <laughs> I'll be closing. Yes, I could be a closer. There we go. There we go. The so... <laughs> there we go. How terrifying that would be. <laughs> it's like, um, okay, part one's done. Number two, Europe. <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah. It was. Deep questions, I think, give you better answers and discussions and conversations. Okay. So. There's only Deb that can do small talk. <laughs> she hasn't yeah. run a class for us yet. <laughs> yet. No. no. And maybe small that's talk. one of the yes. classes you can teach Deb. Small talk. <laughs> small talk with Deb. Yeah, there that should be my answer to number <laughs> Small talk with Deb, but you have to bring your exercise bands and do your glutes while you're talking. <laughs> Well, if you say anything too deep and sort of probing, it's like, right, you, 15 squats. <laughs> well, that was fun. Good yeah. question. Excellent questions. So hopefully that gives a better look of who we are. And maybe that's not always a good thing. <laughs> but you can kind of understand where we are and why we're here. I guess that's it for now. So until next time, bye. 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 Anytime you moan about anything, I'm going, but you're Sagittarius. <laughs> you should be flexible. <laughs> Before you go, we legally have to tell you that all the opinions and information we share on this podcast is based on our own personal experiences and should never be taken as professional advice. We may sometimes sound like we know what we're talking about, but the Taming Crazy podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So please consult with a qualified professional for any and all health advice. Thanks for listening. Bye.